Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 3, Episode 83. So I am back, happy to be back. Had a lot going on on Sunday as uh, my daughter Madison was baptized and I ate too much and I am glad Andy was able to take the reins. Uh, we have a lot to talk about, some news from around the league and you know, also something Rangers related that's been bothering me uh, for quite some time now and I had to do a little research to make sure I wasn't crazy. Turns out I'm not crazy, very happy uh to have this time here to talk to andy and almost like a little therapy session here as we uh talk little new york rangers hockey also but first i have to ask andy how are you doing my friend doing good now that it is not brutally hot as i've been complaining about for the last four episodes i feel like i have a little bit more energy to do things uh just moving is is brutal in this heat and you know the second you get in front of your ac you don't want to get away from it or uh you know especially my apartment doesn't have central air so it's you know if it's like uh, i have all these errands and stuff to run and do i'm just like no i'm just gonna sit here so uh i was putting some stuff off but it's uh good now and you are back so we can uh, talk about everything that's been going on in the world of the uh hockey and the national hockey league in general uh so yeah happy you're back and uh, looking forward to it yeah i guess uh let's start Let's start with uh, David Quinn. Uh, obviously, he goes to the Sharks, meets up with fellow BU alum uh, Greer, 
out there. So, a, you know, a lot happening in, in the Sharks land, but uh, kind of surprising. I don't think I would have picked San Jose as David Quinn's, uh, you know, spot where he would land his next coaching job. But here he is in San Jose. Uh, you know, that aqua blue is going to certainly bring out his blue eyes. So, uh, yeah, I, I just wanted to ask Andy, like, you know, is this a good spot for him? You know, I uh, kind of feel like is I, I don't know what the Sharks are. I feel like they have veteran players, but they're they stink, but they're not rebuilding. I kind of just don't know what they are. are they just kind of is he another, uh, you know, bridge coach for them until they take the next step? I think the Sharks are one of those teams that are trying to have their cake and eat it too a little bit. They're going to try to rebuild, but I don't necessarily know if that means they're going to unless unless he specifically asks they're going to try to move like they're going to trade Logan Couture or Tomas Hurdle, you know what I mean? Right. Um, you know, yeah, I spoke about it a little bit on uh, the podcast I recorded by myself the other day, but yeah, they it does seem like you have seen some moves already from the Sharks. They traded Brent Burns obviously. Um nothing really came out whether or not that was his request or if that was just the team, but there was a, there was some beat writers saying how Mike Greer is going to basically try to remold the team and his image or what he feels is missing. So when you hear that, then I guess the David Quinn thing makes a little bit more sense because that was basically what he was uh, here, you know, brought in when the, the Rangers uh, cleared all uh, cleared all the gymnasium chairs from the last, uh, that was here you know what I mean so uh but yeah obviously when you hear about you know Mike Greer and David Quinn and the BU connection and all that and uh even through Chris Drury as well all three of those guys you know so um it obviously makes more sense they're tight and uh you know a lot was said I believe they they had their introductory press conference yesterday um as we're recording this on Wednesday uh and I think both, you know, Quinn was asked, but also Greer was also asked about like how it went down. Things went down in New York, and uh, they felt he was given an impossible task of like brought in brought in to train rookies, um, and then also have to placate to vets. And I mean, as a Rangers fan, I don't. I'm sure you might agree with me. I think he kind of failed at both of those things because <laughs> when he left, you had a bunch of kids like Kako and Lafreniere whose confidence seemed pretty shook and felt like they had such a short leash to do things. And then you had vets who were like, felt like they were micromanaged because even though they're professionals, you know, so, uh, you know, I, I'm not, I don't know, you know, I guess coaches, I would hope coaches learn from all their stints, but most of them don't, you know what I mean? They just kind of, they come up with excuses to why they're fired and everything had to do nothing with what, what they were doing. It was all just, they were unfortunate victims of circumstance. So, uh, but yeah, I guess we'll see. Maybe Quinn will have success this time out. Um, it definitely seems like he'll probably have a little bit more, uh, faith from the front office. Whereas with the Rangers, I think the, the belief was always that he was a transitionary coach, even if he, even if he did end up being successful. So, um, yeah, I guess his buddy might give him a little bit more leeway, but yeah, I guess, I guess we'll see. Uh, but the sharks are, aren't going to be good this year, you know, no matter what, you know, they might. Maybe they surprise a little bit, but I don't think there's any way they make the playoffs. Yeah, just a, a weird, you know, spot for him. And I just feel like this is going to be another, I don't know, a failing of David Quinn. And again, really not his fault. 
I mean, if you're judging a coach strictly between wins and losses, I I understand that that's not fair. But I like you kind of said, like, yeah, he was kind of given the task to, you know, kind of come into this league with some of the kids and and give them confidence and let them grow. And there are some kids that flourished, but I, I'm hard pressed to believe that they flourished because of David Quinn. I just think some of those kids like Fox and, and, you know, um, like they were just able to flourish because they were that good. And uh, I, I don't think David Quinn exactly had the pulse on some of these kids and allowed them to, you know, accelerate their game beyond what they were uh, capable uh, at that point. So, yeah, it just I don't buy the David Quinn hype just yet, uh, you know, maybe just because of what he's done in New York and it was kind of just a shit show. And then you obviously had all the, you know, the players basically saying, you know, that, that they didn't really didn't really like him as a coach and Zibanejad especially. So, you know, the vets didn't really like you. And then some of the younger kids were kind of confused on, uh, you know, what was expected from them. I just see that as a failure on both ends. and. Yeah, I just don't see that going any differently in San Jose. And again, is if this is your coach just to get you through the next couple seasons and get through the the pains of a of a rebuild, well then that makes sense. And um yeah, I, I just can't be told anything differently other than he's just right now a bridge coach for these teams. Excuse me. In order to uh get them to uh, the next the next step. Uh, of their process of rebuilding. So yeah, just a little uh, David Quinn, obviously he's relevant to all Ranger fans and still those seasons are still fresh, even though we had a, uh, you know, certainly a season to remember last year. Uh, but I certainly do remember the, the, the years of David Quinn. So um, yeah. Uh, next up, Andy, I th- we spoke about this a little today. The statue going outside of the it's you said it's crypto.com stadium now yeah i believe it's like crypto.com arena or something like that what that's a that's a bizarre name it's too much call it like crypto arena or something like that we don't need the dot com in there i know that's like the name of the website but i you know or the company but i don't need the dot com in there it's just too much uh yeah you know, Dustin Brown getting a statue outside that stadium, kind of a head scratcher. I mean, have you read anything yet that justifies why he might be getting a statue outside this arena? I, yeah, I mean, it was a pretty shocking. And I, uh, I think when we were talking, I read you the, some of the people that have, I think, I guess statues outside the arena is their deal. So they obviously have a number of, uh, uh, Lakers, you know, they have uh, Shaq and Magic Johnson and Kareem. Uh, they don't and, have and like a Kobe? Jer- no, they don't have Kobe yet, which is weird. And they have Jerry West. Uh, and then they have Gretzky, obviously, and Luke Robitaille for hockey. But, you know, Dustin Brown, I mean, the guy got his captaincy stripped from him. Not because not he was a bad captain, I don't think, just because they were trying to transition. It seemed like he might be on the decline of his career, but just a weird choice. I mean, listen, I understand he's been that player for a long time, but it's like, are the devils going to give Andy green a, a statue outside of the Prudential center? You know what I mean? Like very bizarre. I I'm curious if this statue is like a nod to the Stanley cups and they just landed on the captain. Like if there was a pose that he had 
during you know the Stanley Cup ceremony of lifting the cup that they might do. Like yeah. that's the only thing that I can think of to justifying it. Because like who else would you pick on that team? Like honestly, I feel like Quick probably deserves it more than Brown. Uh yeah, I mean he's been there for that. And I mean Kopit you could say the same thing about Kopitar, right? He's even though maybe he wasn't the captain, but um, right. He yeah, he was clearly a more offensively he's been a more of an offensive leader for them. And listen, I mean I you know, I guess if you're asking me, I think <laughs> statues, something like a statue should only be reserved for like the top flight. You know, Gretzky obviously deserves one, but even Luke Robitaille, who I know means a lot to that franchise, a part of me is like, eh, you know, yeah, I don't no, know. I, I agree with you a thousand. I, I would get rid of, you know, like I know they, have, they want to have one for Shaq too, but like, you know, really you should maybe keep it, you know, keep it magic. And um, yeah, I, I think just, I feel I just, I don't know. There's something about it being a statue. There's so much like permanence is such a big thing. And it's one thing if it's a banner, or a number retired, like, but a statue outside of an arena is like a, it almost becomes like a piece of, it's like a public monument. You know what I mean? It's just, I don't know. It's so just kind of just weird when you to hear Dustin, a statue of Dustin Brown is just a weird sentence to come out of some, you know, anyone's uh, mouth. So yeah, it really took me by surprise, bit of a head scratcher. Yeah. And that's like one of those things too. When, when you look back in like 10 years, are they going to regret because the worst thing that could ever happen is if you put up the statue and then the statue gets like, like taken down, like honestly taken down and, and not like in the political sense, but it, like, it just doesn't belong there. Like that's a statue that could be put up and then I can actually see them take it down because they're like, you know what? This doesn't really fit. Like, it's kind of awkward or I can see like, maybe they wouldn't just like take it down, but they, I could see them like moving it to like a local, <laughs> like I, I just don't, it's a joke that he has a statue. It's just insane. Um, yeah, I, I just, again, the only thing I can think of that I could fathom a statue of Dustin Brown at, for anywhere. Like, I don't even think like he would deserve one in his hometown for what he's done in the game of hot. Like, there's just maybe a name a deli sandwich after him. I don't like, there's other things to do before you put up statues of Dustin Brown. And that's saying a lot, you know, because you can go down some great New York Rangers. And I wanted to ask you this question. You know, if there are a couple New York Rangers that you put up a statue outside of MSG, who are you picking? Oh, that's tough. I mean, obviously, I would say Messier gets one. Um, yep. Honestly, I would probably do going back. I, I you could I'd give one to. I guess I'd give one to Rod Gilbert. Even even for Knicks, it's like there's so many. It's like you can't give all the those you know those uh, late '60s championship Knicks teams uh, all their player statues too, right? So you maybe you you give. Um, yeah, this is tough. I mean, okay, uh, I I get. I guess you you give one to, like. Obviously, you could maybe give one to Andy Bathgate, but you, I don't know or Jockman. No. That's what I'm trying to be really selective here. I mean, if you really it's think Messier about, or Bust at this point, yeah, it's probably Messier, Hank, and then Gilbert, Rod Gilbert, 
um, you know, maybe Eddie Jockerman, me, but again, I don't, I don't know. It's just, it's like I said, it's tough, but I think this is as selective as you have to be. Whereas if we were, whoever was making these decisions for, um, you know, the crypto.com arena, it would be everyone, you know what I mean? It would be like, yeah, Rick, of course, Richter, Leach, Messier, you know, Bath, Bathgate, uh, let's throw Ron Duguay in there for no reason. You Are know? you sure it's a statue and not like a bobblehead? It's a statue. I'm, I'm, I'm not shitting you. It's okay. A statue. But that's uh, just, it's still so bizarre to me that we're even having this conversation. I mean, yeah. it's L- put it. Listen. Sorry, not to cut you off, but if 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 MSG had to have statues, period, I'm and I'm not going to count like because they would probably put like Bill, Billy Joel to get a statue, you know what I mean? Or well, there's yeah. classic concerts there, but as far as sports uh, for Knicks and Rangers, you do Willis Reed, you do Clyde Walt Frazier, you do Ewing. That's it for basketball, really, honestly. Um, and then you do you probably do. Um, You either you can pop, you do the whole gag line and like it's the same bust, or you just do Gilbert, you do Messier, and you do Hank, and that's it. No Leach, no Richter. Although I guess Leach technically could be is in the running for one greatest Ranger of all time, just because he was I, always. Yeah, but I still don't think he gets a statue. No, I I agree with that too. So Which I, is I like stand crazy. by my answer. Yeah, I well, stand by my answer. Hank, you know, yeah. Hank, I think earned has earned a statue. You know what I mean? So, because you look like last summer or not, well, last year, I think it was last year, the Seaver statue went up at City Field. Yeah, and you know how long they've been talking about how the Mets needed to put up a Seaver statue, and it's like if the if the Mets had half the like urgency that L.A. had. This would have been up immediately, along with fifty other statues of you know Piazza, you know just you know you know all the great Mets that have ever you know played. It's it just it's so bizarre to me that some franchi- franchises, like I said, the only way this is justified is if if it's their way to give a nod to their Stanley Cup runs that they had, and they just picked a special moment that was captured on camera, and they want to recreate that moment and uh you know write a little blurb about you know dustin brown being the captain you know of you know some one of the great runs of uh la sports that's the only thing i can think of but there's no way that he's getting up there because of his just individual play on the ice it's just i dustin brown i don't think was was he even ever considered a top 15 player in the league i don't think so no never it's just so yeah. bizarre to me. Yeah, same. So very strange. But, yeah, uh, but again, I, it's I guess it's their arena. They can do what they want. And I will say that uh, it's funny because it, every arena, like, it's funny. I, like you look at a, a organization like the Red Wings and how they they legitimately have a case to retire a lot of numbers, and yet they're very selective. I mean, you know, Sergey Fedorov's number is still not retired. That's a different story, but like. They have a they have a lot of guys have a case to have their numbers retired, but they're very selective. But then you have like obviously um, the Toronto Maple Leafs do like they have like sub subgroups of their banners. They've retired numbers, then they have like an acknowledgement 
like what do they call it? Something like the something the the Hall of Honor or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so it's just funny how organizations approach this stuff. And honestly, I just think it's better to err on the side of uh, being selective. You know what I mean? It just it makes it more prestigious, and it doesn't you know cheapen it. The more you know if you're and but again, I mean this and this is saying as someone who as much as they love um adam graves for and i know he's done so much for both on the ice but and also off the ice for the rangers should he have his is he a guy who should have had his number retired i'm not really sure so i i'm one of those people that always uh falls on the selective side of these type of things but it is what it is so you know so like i said it's their arena they can do what they want but uh yeah i just dustin brown getting a statue is something i would if you had told me it's any time before the last two days i'd be like what the hell are you talking about yeah it, it's puzzles me um yeah to no end I, I don't even know what to say anymore other than la you must have you god walking into that stadium again if it does if it like if it's acknowledging him as an individual it'll make it 10 times more puzzling but if you're acknowledging the stanley cup runs i get it but uh yeah, anything else on that? I got one more league thing, Andy, that mm-hmm. I think we need to talk about. All right, go ahead. It's the Matthew Kachuk trade with the Florida Panthers. Now, this is one of the things that uh, – this is not what I was talking about in terms of the therapy session. That is Rangers-related. This one is just – I don't – I'm not buying that this was a great trade for the Calgary Flames. I'm not buying it at all. And the reason I'm not buying it is because I don't care what Hooper do did last year or Hooper don't. I don't care that much about Uyghur. I think everyone's praising Calgary for this trade. Calgary has a bigger problem that people are just now all of a sudden overlooking. And there's all of a sudden this like, well, Matthew Kachuk is going to regress. Well, first off, why is he automatically going to regress? I don't think that that's even a thing. He might not be as impactful to the Florida Panthers to the than to the you know Calgary Flames only because the Panthers have a lot of more established players. But the Flames just lost Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk. Huberdu to me has to sign an eight-year deal immediately, otherwise. They shouldn't be praised at all. And Uyghur needs to sign, like, sign an extension or something to prove to me that both of those players want to be there long term. I don't care much about the first round pick. I think that picks, you know, obviously every pick is important. But in, in retrospect, I don't think that that's going to play too much of a factor. I think, you know, trading your heart finalist, I'm using that in quote air quotes, because he's not... I, I don't think anyone would pick him. If you're starting a team or, an, or a draft, you know, a fantasy draft, you know, 10-team fantasy draft, is Hooper Duke going to top 10? No. Like, at that point, I feel like he's irrelevant. Let's see what he does when he's got to carry the load in Calgary. Let's see how great he is there. But all in all, where – I got to ask you, Andy, where is the hatred from Matthew Kachuk coming from, and why is everyone just praising Calgary – when they should be still kicking and screaming of why they lost their two franchise players 
and they went from being one of the best teams in the NHL to becoming an irrelevant franchise going into next season. You know, it's funny because I don't, I haven't really got as much hatred. Like Johnny Gaudreau got way more hate than Kachuk, and it makes sense because obviously uh, they weren't able to recoup any assets for Gaudreau because he was a free agent. You know what I mean? Um, so at least I think it helped him in that sense in terms of the blowback from Calgary fans because they kind of saw the writing was on the wall. Even you know they had, Calgary fans had been hearing that uh, Kachuk probably wasn't going to resign with them. Uh, I don't know, since he signed with, you know, since they drafted him, I guess that eventually he was going to be a St. Louis blue or something. So, um, but yeah, I mean, and look, I, there's nothing, I don't know. There's not less. They were successful team last year. You can't help where, I guess where your city is. So what happened to them, the way those two guys left, uh, you know, I don't, if let's say they were able to resign Johnny Gaudreau, does Matthew Kachuk, say like hey listen you might as well get something for me now i'm not so sure but your 100 point uh playmaking you know other winger on your first line of a team leaves and i think you can kind of see the writing on the wall so um yeah he he decides to do that so you know like i said it's hard to i blame calgary too much for why they left again you can't you know can't really control where your city's located if that's if it's just about a guy wants to be closer to home or a guy's like tired of the restrictions and um and i'm not saying that's it but i'm just saying you know what i mean it's it's like harder for them to see their families in the u.s especially you know during uh, with some of the protocols and the way they've been it's hard to blame the player and it's hard to blame the team but i guess i get the big question is who knows what packages were out there i'm sure they'll come to light sooner or later but you know they have to be like you said, James, they have to be sure that for either scenario, whether if uh, both Uyghur and Huberdeau are willing to sign there, or if they're not, that they can flip them for a something commiserate to what they would hope to get from another team had they had not traded uh, Kachuk to Florida. You know what I mean? So they better be sure. They have better have done their homework because even if it sounds like the best package on day one, if those if either of those guys or neither, you know, don't want to re-sign with them, then yeah, clearly that was a big, <laughs> that was a big mistake. And you, you should have took a lesser package with more certainty that they would want to be there. You know, the action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer with tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports. You can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, Right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet of up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. And best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet of up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I don't know. It's just, listen, it's a weird scenario. It doesn't happen like this a lot of the times. And, you know, I know Calgary 
probably got a lot more than they might have deserved, considering that they really had zero leverage in this whole thing. But uh, in my point of view, everyone keeps saying, oh, what a haul for Calgary, what a haul for Calgary. I First of all, I just don't see why everyone's in love with Huberdu. Uh, you know, I, I mean, just, he's a good player, though, man. I mean, he's not perfect. He's got his warts, obviously. Like, but he is a his production the last he's been really, you know, consistent. And yeah, I mean, on one of the best teams in the NHL. That, well, this, is my, this is my problem. What do you think Hoover is going to hit 100 points with the Calgary Flames next year? Uh, without a playmaker like if he plays with Elias Lindholm probably not well you're talking about it he's a heart finalist so he should be able to do it on his own well I don't think Kachuk does it on his own though well Kachuk well here's the thing Kachuk will if Kachuk plays with uh Barkov but Barkov's more of a two-way guy than a playmaker but everyone's slamming Florida for having Kachuk so right now Kachuk well, who's, slam, who's, are, who's who are who are you seeing slamming them for having Kachuk? Well, I think everyone I'll who say, saw it think it's great. Really? Yeah. Well, talking I, hockey is automatically putting regression on Kachuk and basically saying the Panthers really screwed themselves. Um, and then you know praising Calgary, but again, you can't praise Calgary until those guys sign long term. I Otherwise, think for, for me, the biggest thing is it's not in a vacuum. I think. Flipping Huberdu for Kachuk is an awesome move for them, but giving up Uyghur to do it, I don't know about that. I think Uyghur is one of the best and most sneaky underrated defensemen, uh, def- you know, defensive defensemen in the league in terms of shutting down rush chances and things of that nature. And I think that's going to hurt them because they weren't exactly as stout as they needed to be in the postseason. You know what I mean? So fair, but I think I, I think it's for me why why it was a mistake was more that. As a one-for-one, one, I don't think it's that bad. But I just think Uyghur is a very good player in his own right. So I think it was a high price to pay. You know, it's like, I, and I, I think on our the last podcast I did by myself, I tried to do a comparison to what what would a commiserate package for the Rangers be, right? And I said, well, let's say Panarin is also a around 100-point winger, right? Right. So you have Artemi Panarin, your first-round pick. Uh the prospect was drafted in the first round. Like, so let's, or no, excuse me. The prospect they included, I forget his name now, was a third round pick. So I don't know, Carl Henriksen. I'm sorry. I I need to get this straight. We're talking about Mackenzie Weger, right? Yeah. He's 28 years old. Yeah, I think he's around there. Uh, I, so... So, like, I, from an I'm aging sorry, perspective, the- for an age perspective, it probably makes sense because you're trying to get younger. So, I think in that I understand, but like, especially because I feel like a guy like Uyghur is going to probably be a excellent defenseman until at least he's like 32 or 34. You know what I mean? It's just if they, I think if Florida wants to win now, I don't understand this move. I think they get worse defensively, and they don't have an internal replacement. I think that's my my biggest uh, gripe with them because, uh, you know, without them, I mean, what they have like Radko Gudis, <laughs> you know, Ekblad, who is, although he rebounded what, what a bit. Did, what do the flames overrated. want with a 28 year old defenseman and, you know, a 29 year old forward when you're now going to be essentially irrelevant. The only player you have signed long-term 
is you know, my, Blake Coleman. Especially. Sorry, my my wife is skulking in the background trying to be quiet. <laughs> she looks like uh, Tom and Tom and Jerry sneaking. You don't have to sneak. It's okay. Oh, no, um, no, no she's playing up. Uh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, but uh, yeah, I just, like I said, I just think if you're a team that's trying to win right now that you're in your window, obviously a Matthew Kachuk could really help you, but I just think it would, to me, it would kind of be like Minnesota uh, trading um, like Minnesota flipping Fiala for like, I don't know, like imagine they flip Fiala for like Mitch Marner, but in order to do so, they also gave up uh, like Jared Spurgeon. You know what I mean? That's where I think I'm coming from. It would be like, huh, well maybe they got a better player, but the, to, the price to do so was a lot. You know what I mean? <laughs> So, yeah, I, I just but I'm, listen, Kachuk has all all the intangibles, which other players don't. He's a unicorn, really, in that sense. And he is. He is. I think he is a guy, um, you know, I, it's going to be a show, a, a show me season for both of these guys. You want to see if they're both effective. Can, you know, Kachuk do, still work, be as effective without Johnny Gaudreau? And can uh, Hooper do be the same thing? you know, without Barkov or just the team around him, you know, so we'll see. We will see. And I just, I don't know. I just don't see it for the Calgary Flames. I don't know why you'd want those two guys in their late twenties when basically, you know, well, that's, I guess that's the biggest thing, James, is that it felt like it, the sense was when you, uh, Gaudreau walked and then, uh, yeah, then they lost, you know, then they knew they were going to lose Matthew Kachuk, that they were going to have to, like, rebuild, right? And right. it almost seems like they they were prepared to do so. And then the second they got a package, they're like, well, we'll give you Uyghur. They're like, not so fast. We're still competing. You know what I mean? I mean, you, I mean listen, you're totally right. The Flames could impress me big time by getting rid of those two players at the trade deadline because maybe you do get more, you know? Maybe you do get more than... All right, so you got rid of, so you got a first round pick. You get Uyghur and Huberdu that you can move at the trade deadline because they're UFAs at the end of the season. Now, all of a sudden, you have, you know, another first round pick and a couple big prospects. Then it all makes sense. So if that's what they're trying to do, I think it makes sense. If they're happy because they got those two players, and if you're saying that the Flames won the trade because of those two players, you're out of your mind. They're it's they're irrelevant. The Flames are not going to be good for another five years unless they really, you know, bring in some top players. I mean, they just lost Gaudreau and Kachuk, two one hundred yeah. point players. I mean, at that point, uh, you know, I don't know. For me, if I'm the manager, you got to, you know, if I'm the GM, you kind of have to realize like, all right, we're going to well, have to it, rebuild here. So, yeah, I mean, when you look at their prospects and their system, it's like there's not like that elite next wave. Like where if you're the Rangers, or like even if they don't pan out, you are at least like, all right, well, Keandre Miller, uh, Adam Fox is young enough that he'll still be involved. Uh, you know, Lafreniere, Capococco, Heedle, uh, you know, and so you like still have guys like Offman, you know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But, you know, I mean, I'm looking at, Calgary's prospect pool and like they have some okay pieces but like Connor Zary is not going to be their first line center of the future uh and you know I don't know what Jeremy Poirier becomes but you know is he a number one defenseman I'm not really so sure so 
it's just interesting. I I thought for sure they were going to try to be smarter. And it's funny because it just seemed it does seem like the teams that are like in the posts out like since the the after the last lockout with just how tight the salary cap has been, it seems like the teams that have rebuilt have decided to like we're going to just stop lying to ourselves and rebuild. They all seem so much better off for it, right? Am I crazy? I it seems I, like such a, and I understand like there's some owners that don't have the appetite for it and you have to fight that and they want revenue, playoff revenue and all this other stuff and butts in the seats. But it's just like, it, like a team like Dallas, like if they had started their rebuild right after they lost in the bubble, you know, who's, they have some good young players and Robertson and, you know, some of the other guys. It's just like, yeah, I don't know, man. It just, sometimes it just seems like these, these teams that are, I feel like Chicago's rebuild is going to take so much longer now because they just should, they're finally doing what they should have done years ago, but now they have to like, you know, now they're giving up literally guys. They drafted, they were lucky enough to to draft, you know, um, Kirby doc third overall. And now they've already moved on from him. Yeah. Also, if you want to, if you want to, you you can hate on the Rangers all you want in their drafting. Uh, If you look at the first rounders drafted by the uh, Chicago Blackhawks uh, in the last decade, (laughs) It's uh it's a nightmare. It's an absolute nightmare for them. So just saying if you're ever interested. Yeah, but they also have Stanley Cups and they have uh, you know, Patrick Kane. So that's true. And like I said, it just uh it's cu- cups are bust at the end of the day, so yeah. Um let's see what else do I got? Uh all right, enough about Florida Panthers and first off, I'll maybe revert to last year. I bet the Panthers point total under for the record. So don't listen to anything I, I say. Watch the Flames win the Stanley Cup next year, led by Huberdu with 200 points. Um, yeah, okay. New York Rangers talk now, Andy. Are you ready for this? And this is me kind of spending too much time during in the offseason on the internet. Um, and I don't know, maybe it's listening to NHL radio and, you know, TSN just you know the articles that like that pop up and stuff like that um is it me or for the Rangers being as good as they are why don't the Rangers get more love like why aren't the Rangers being talked about more right now what on NHL radio no just like in general I feel like the hockey world just does not Uh, talk about the New uh, York Rangers um like in our own little bubble and on Twitter because we follow New York Rangers accounts, they do. But I just feel like I don't know about that, man. I'm I'm you someone think they do? Who, yeah, man. I'm someone who thinks every fan of every team is absolutely blinded and delusional about the coverage of their their own. Segment. You're calling me blinded and delusional. I'm not calling you. I'm calling everyone <laughs> blinded and delusional. Yeah, but you're lumping me in that group. It's okay though. Uh, you know what it is. It's just like. You know, I, funny for oddly enough, I was going to say, I feel like every time I turn on any, um, you know, NHL uh, TV or the NHL network, they're talking about the Rangers. You know what I mean? I, I feel like it's you have uh, Mike Rupp and, and Jackie are talking about the Rangers next season and, you know, how they surprise and this and that and Shesterkin and yada, yada, yada. I honestly feel like they're, they've gotten a lot of talk. Obviously, right now, because they're not in the free agency mix as much as other teams, they did their one move um, in getting Vinny Trocek. 
you know, and just letting a bunch of players go. It's not like they did any, they swung anything really huge that we know of yet, you know? So I guess in that sense, they, it did seem like they think just kind of faded, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I haven't found, at least I might personally haven't found that, you know, scrolling through uh, what, you know, either listening to NHL radio and um, watching the NHL network and stuff. And, you know, I wouldn't expect in sports net cause that's really just strictly the Canadian teams anyway, you know? Yeah. It, well, it's just, I don't know for me. It, well, let's put it this way, Andy, where do you think the Rangers fall uh, rank wise rank? Like if you're ranking the teams with the odds to the best odds to win the Stanley cup next year, where would you put the Rangers? I'm just, I want to, I want to see if your mind lines up correctly with the uh, Vegas books. Oh man. Uh, Oh boy. Let's start Uh, from the top. Who, who's your, who do you think is the favorite going into next year? I still think it's Colorado. And you'd be correct. Who would you think the second favorite is? Ooh. I mean, should uh, I give you a hint? Well, is it? Do you want a hint? Is it Toronto? No. Okay. Is it Florida after the move they just did? Yes, it's Florida. Come on, man. I don't know be <laughs> okay, okay, okay. They did. Well, listen, in fairness to them, they also have a new coach. So, and this is Caesar's sports book. So, anybody yeah. listening to this that might open FanDuel, it might be completely uh, different, but I'm going off Caesar's sports book. I'm going to say Carolina behind them. Well, there's three teams with the same odds. So, essentially tied. Carolina is one of those teams. Who are the other two? The Lightning still. Correct. Is Vegas the other one? No. Hmm. The Rangers? It is the Rangers, Andy. Oh, wow. Okay. Tied for third. That's not bad, actually. It's better than I thought. (laughs) Heading into the Stanley Cup. The Colorado Avalanche are plus 450. The Panthers are plus 900. Right? The Tampa Bay Lightning, Hurricanes, and Rangers are all plus 1,000. And then uh, the Golden Knights and the Leafs. Uh, of which you both mentioned are with actually the Oilers and the blues at plus 1200. So um, that's not shocking to me, but, uh, but that's the list. Uh, It's just, that's what I mean. Like the Rangers are right there. Like in terms of the Vegas odds, you know, the sports books are putting the Rangers towards the top. I think there's a definitely a case to be made that if you look at the Rangers roster, even compared to last year, that there's a lot to be, positive about and hopeful that they can you know get the job done this time and you know it just it's funny because last year Andy with the Tampa Bay Lightning um you know you can definitely tell experience you know uh you know just uh, injuries obviously played, played a huge part and you know you never know what the rangers would look like if they had a healthy Goudreau, a healthy uh sammy blay and you know a healthy lindgren a healthier fox a healthier panarin a healthier uh cop you know and, and you know it's just one of those things where the new york rangers were so beaten down and experience lack of experience and a lack of lack of 
uh, being able to take care of business early and just dragging out series, you know, it, it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, will the Rangers improve next year? And Vegas certainly thinks so, uh, you know, putting them that high to win the Stanley Cup. And, you know, and just in my eyes, I don't know why I, I feel like this, but I just feel like the Rangers are like still part of like, the, maybe it's a good thing. I just feel like I get the sense that no one's giving the Rangers a chance to win the Stanley Cup. That's all. I get that vibe. Yeah, I mean, if you know, I do. I think the Rangers are going to win the Cup next year. God, I hope so. But do, does my head think it? I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen. Obviously, they they with the goaltender. As long you know, I think maybe think a lot of the thinking is that if their goaltending regresses a little bit, to and Igor is just human or just like a good above average NHL goaltender not the best one in the league that things you know the five on five possession play goes the same way but I don't know I mean you have to hope that what you saw from the kids in the postseason is their new reality and not just like an outlier you know because I think if they play that way then you can then uh, distribute them throughout the lines as you need you know what I mean but there's a there is a part and not to get into another discussion because I know we're talking about uh, you know the odds of them winning the cup but like there is a part of me that just says fuck it like try to just keep the kid in line together and just make sure you're giving them like equal minutes or at least you know commiserate with what they are and that way you can maybe roll those three the first three lines in the same you know give Panarin Mika and the kid line the same amount of ice time instead of just trying to like <laughs> excuse me um just, you know, do the traditional, the most for the first, a little bit less for the second, you know, less for the third. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, again, I, I think Trocheck is a clear upgrade over Strom and yeah, I, I think their fourth line will end up being better, you know? So, but yeah, I guess we'll, I guess we'll, we'll see. Cause, uh, I've also have made it known that I think there could be, a, the Rangers might be in for a little bit of a, a regression next year where they would still make the playoffs, but they wouldn't be like, but I, I hope that's not the case. I hope they, 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 they run away with it and show that they're a top flight contender out of the gate. But um, yeah, I guess we'll see. That's the, what sucks about having to wait. <laughs> I don't know if you don't know if you're right or, or if you're crazy, you know? Yeah, no, I, well, I think, I think you're delusional and I think you're crazy because I didn't think the Rangers are going to have a regression at all. I think they're going to be almost on par with exactly how they played last season because they did get better. And although you might not get the production that you got from a Kreider, because 50 goals, we all admit, is very difficult to repeat, especially if you're not really one of those type of goal scorers. You know, it's a different, you know, a veteran scoring 50 goals. You're kind of just like, oh, that's another season for him. You know, Kreider having a career year. Is Benajad staying healthy? Uh, you know, you just kind of look up and down this lineup. You know, yeah, it's, it's more so players playing like they did last year. And then the kids stepping up, you know, even if the kids step up a little bit and then there is regression from your top players, those almost would cancel each other out and uh, the Rangers would be exactly where they were. Um, and I don't see any reason why Igor would take a step back. I mean, he seems dialed in and ready to win. And it's just one of those goalies where, you know, very rarely does he have an off night. 
Uh, I love, you know, Halak as our backup goalie, the Halakness monster. Uh, and also the Lochness monster was trending on Twitter before. So, you know, maybe they found something. And, uh, you know, you're going to have Sammy Blay, hopefully for a full year. And from what we saw last year with Sammy Blay, I thought he was an energy guy. Uh, I think New York fans are going to love what he brings. And, you know, it'd be nice to keep him for a full year. And then, you know, you know, I hate to say it, but, you know, bringing in a guy like Ryan Carpenter, I think that's an upgrade over Rooney. You know, Rooney was an energy guy and he did kill penalties, but he never really accomplished anything. Um, you know, I kind of want just a little bit more production out of our fourth line, which I think we'll get because they are better. Uh, I don't think Reeves needs to play every single night. And, uh, you know, it's just, it'll be interesting to see how the lineup looks, uh, you know, with the kids, you know, are they gonna, you know, if they start the season five and five, or all of a sudden you're going to see a Hedl, Kako, Lafreniere line, you know, because, you know, they just want to change things up. So, yeah, there's a lot, you know, there's a lot happening in the Rangers world and it, it's still, you know, that script needs to still be written. But, uh, yeah, I think I think the New York Rangers are going to be exactly where they were last year. And, you know, I don't I think there's also, you know, even if the Rangers, you know, let's just say they had like five less wins. I don't think that's a I don't think that I'd call that a total regression. Only because, you know, if you look around the East, a lot of those teams did get better. So, you know, Rangers were really impressive last year. They did really well. So, you know, five less wins, they're still in the playoff spot. And, you know, they, uh, you know, and I don't think those losses are going to come at the expense of the Pittsburgh Penguins or the Washington Capitals. I think, you know, you look at Ottawa gotten better, maybe a split with them and Detroit, you know, maybe split with them. So I don't necessarily think, you know, a five loss swing is, is it might be bigger on the point, you know, side of things, but I don't think that's a huge regression. I think, you know, the Rangers just need to be steady Eddie, make the playoffs and, and go and go for a run. I mean, if you look at the playoffs, there's no, there's no easy out, you know, there's no easy path. You're going to be playing good teams no matter what. So, um, yeah, whether you're a wild card team or the number one seed, you're still going to be playing a team that's, uh, certainly capable of beating you, and that's why you got to bring it every single game, every round. You know, nothing's going to be handed to you, as uh, you know, as, as I guess you could say, Florida Panthers fans learned last year that you know it's just because you did great during the regular season. You know, playoffs are a whole nother animal. So, uh, Andy, anything else? I mean, you 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 really, you know, put me in my spot with the. Uh, with the Rangers getting more attention than maybe I see, uh, which is a good thing. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, Andy. Well, you know what? I, I'm going to say this. That I do think there, honestly, I do think there are teams that do get less coverage, if I'm saying that. I don't think the Rangers are one of them. Like, I think until this offseason, Columbus never really gets a lot of coverage, obviously. And, and yeah, a lot of, listen, a lot of it has to do with are you a contending team? Um, did you land a top, you know, if you're not, if you're not in a major market and you're not the, the, one of the three worst teams in the league, but you don't make the playoffs, you're not getting coverage. I don't care who you are. You know what I mean? Like, so unless you do something crazy, like trade a bunch of your, you know, strip it down or trade a bunch of your, but especially those teams that have just kind of been holding on for the last few seasons, it's just like, you know, um, so yeah, but uh no, that's that's really it. 
again, still no one word on what Nazem Kadri is going to do. Although I think he's signed with the Islanders. That's my theory. Um, so we'll see if that's true, if that's what comes out. But uh, yeah, no, I guess we're still waiting on a Capo Caco extension. We're still waiting to see what happens with Tyler Mott. He's another guy who may be signed with the Islanders and we just don't know it yet. So, but uh, yeah, uh, world juniors is going to be starting soon. And the Rangers will have a bunch of their prospects. I, obviously it was canceled early in the year um, due to COVID restrictions and things. So they're going to, give it another go um you know so that'll be uh that'll be fun as all the young rangers gear up for that who are participating um you know listen uh a little you know it's a a shame it became public but uh bobby ryan um had relapsed from some of his alcohol issues the other day so obviously you know best of luck to him um hope he can get the help he needs and you know the support he needs to uh yeah, just uh, to overcome what's, uh, you know, afflicting him, you know. So uh, best of luck to him. It's a, That's definitely something tough, definitely. you know. So, um, yeah, other than that, uh, yeah, I don't know. I wish more would happen. It would seem that's the problem. It's like it came out that we came out of the gate so hot in the offseason that I was like, oh, great. It's going to be like this all, you know, all the time. It's every week we're going to have some a blockbuster. And now I think it's like. You know, nothing's happening. I'm like, well, come on, let's do something. You can't, you know, my, uh, it's, I'm going through withdrawal from, you know, not having a, a blockbuster trade because it's been so crazy, you know, over the last uh, two weeks. Yeah. And this is why selfish me wants everyone to talk about how good the Rangers are going to be next year and how they're going to win the Stanley Cup. So, um, yeah. So it's, I mean, a little bit of that is me being selfish. And, you know, I just, uh, you know, I expect big things. I have big expectations, and that makes me a little worried because usually when I expect big things, it just means that uh, the letdown is going to be that much greater. So, uh, yeah, a little nervous heading into next year now that I say that. And, uh, yeah, uh, you know, if you're a New York baseball fan, you have the Mets and Yankees tonight. Mets looking to uh, take the two-game sweep, which sure are on the mound. So uh, we are a pro-Mets podcast. We are not – Although Ranger fans, we are not part of the group where it's the Rangers, Giants, and Yankees. Um, you know, Andy and I are Met Jet guys uh, through and through. So, um, yeah. Better anything else, Andy? Usually worse, but yeah. <laughs> right now, right now, it seemed like it could be better. Yeah. Well, listen, we're talking Stanley Cup, World Series, and uh, yeah. <laughs> And maybe, yeah, no, Stanley Cup. World even you Series, can't. Even you can't and three, say the and, third and one. Three win, a three-win season. That's hell what yeah. Enough for it. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Even you had to be realistic with this one, but um, yeah. No, that's uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I can't even be positive about the Jets. So, um, anything else, Andy? Finish it up for us. No, just thank you for listening. As always, uh, glad you're back, James. Uh, yeah, let's uh, hope the Rangers. Uh, can find can resign Capo Caco to that bridge deal finally. Uh, maybe they could fit Tyler Mott. Maybe not. Maybe there is something that we don't know about. Um, yeah. Uh, again, a bunch of the Rangers uh, prospects will be going to the World Juniors. So, yeah, and I believe those they're start, those camps are starting to get together for um, the tournament. I I don't know when the it actually what date is the tournament I'm talking about. I don't know the exact date. Uh, this is great podcasting in my August 9th tournament uh, starts Tuesday. 
So yeah, um, but yeah, I, so that if as a Rangers fan you will have, if you're interested in the future Rangers, you'll have some players to watch there. Um, will Cooley will be there. Uh, I, see, I think Dylan Duran's going to be there too. Uh, I do wonder about Brennan Othman if he's going, but there should be a bunch of Rangers there, so, uh, or future Rangers, I should say, potential future. Uh, so yeah, so that'll be fun and we'll have something to talk about on that front. But uh, yeah, we thank you for listening and uh, we will uh, hear, we will come to your, uh, your earlobes next uh, week. So and, uh, enjoy the rest of the week, enjoy the weekend, and we'll see you all next week. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.